Ready Spaghetti. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Heck yes. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm like, totally. That's what we're doing here. Totally. If you want to find us on the internet, everyone, go to trustthejourney.today. That's our website. That's our Instagram handle. If you would like to join us in the Trust the Journey family where we talk privately with our community and expand the dialogue that happens in on the podcast into that space or just whatever's going on in people's lives or what they need support around, you are welcome to join us there. Just go to our website and donate on Patreon in any amount, and that will get you added to the private Facebook group. But yeah, let's dive in today. And who knows where we'll begin because today we're talking about overwhelm. (laughs) It's like, oh God, here we go. So as we put this topic on the table, I was like, um, I don't know if I could talk about this. I'm pretty overwhelmed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, let's talk about overwhelm. It'll be like a therapy sesh, most likely. Yeah. Every time you just talk about what's going on. And that's something I think is, that's a great insight to start with. And by the way, I took no notes. I wrote down nothing ahead of this episode. I really came to this space really open and just trusting of what might come up today, which is really always what I do. But, you know, sometimes we'll prepare notes and stuff like that. But the idea that a diffuser of overwhelm can just be to share it, just to speak it out loud, to hear yourself voice what you are feeling, naming it, that can sometimes really help people. Yeah, I think that's my usually my first course of action right now is that I first thing I do when I start to boil over and I've got too much going on and I'm losing track and things are starting to fall off the table, I usually stop and go talk to somebody and say, I'm I'm stressed, I've got too much going on. And and just in that action, I'll usually get some simple reflection that's gonna help me to take a pause which is usually what's necessary to regroup and then figure out what the next action step is to get myself back to a place where I can start being productive again yeah so interesting the concept of rest I mean it's a concept but it's a life practice you know what I mean but thinking about rest as a concept I am thinking about this recently because the last this last week I took two full vacation days, which I haven't done. Good for a, you. Thank you. Haven't done yeah. that in a while. My best friend Shannon visited. We went skiing. We had just beautiful time together. And I really, even though I we were skiing, we were doing things, it felt extremely restful to be off of social media, to be off of my technology. I know we've touched on this before, but why I bring it up is because I was going into those days pretty overwhelmed. We have a big demo jump coming up next week 
our first of the year. It's a big new partnership for Highlight, our demonstration jump team, you know, the social impact initiative that we're leading. And so that's a big deal. It matters. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of last minute things to take care of. There's a lot of media that I need to be prepared for. I'm, you know, I'm getting the mic on these large stages. I want to be ready to voice the mission, the mission and message that we want to share. We want to talk about equality. We want to talk about pay equity. We want to talk about representation, all of these, these things. And so that brings with it a certain pressure. And normally I do a pretty good job of managing my tasks and my to-dos and even big things like this. So it's not like I lose it. I'm definitely not losing it. But after having rested for a couple of days, it is stark, the comparison between how I feel now versus how I felt the days before the two days off. And it's not even a big amount, but I am able to access more patience. I'm able to just my energy is just just more it's softer i'm just in a better place and it's one of those things that i want to make sure i don't forget about it in a in a deeper way if that makes sense because when i get exhausted i still try to keep going and so I feel like what it's calling me to do is take a much deeper look at my my rest and when I, I do and don't do that. You know what I mean? And how that impacts me. Rest is incredibly powerful. You know, I was having a conversation, I think it was just one to two days ago um, with a good friend here and we were talking about how it's easy to get wrapped up in all the things like all the things there's things I got to get done things I got to get done you know and like yeah well you know I just took a day off and like well what do we do on the day off oh clean cleaned house all day right and like no it's not a rest day you know it's not a rest day when you're busy busy actioning things Mm -hmm. that you have on your to-do list if you're actioning things on your to-do list you're on a work day if you are to-do list is closed and you're just being Mm -hmm. and you're sharing time with friends or being in nature or working on art or just in a creative space for in a flowing space that just has lots of room for for change in it and it doesn't have to have so much structure Mm -hmm. that's rest right Mm -hmm. i always feel like that structure is kind of what uh, it's a, this balance, right? Where it's the key to everything. Like it really, really helps to have a solid structure. Mm-hmm. But when I put structure into my rest days, then they're not really rest days. They're, they're bookended mm-hmm. and they need to be more open-ended and more flowing to really have that, the value of a rest day. That's always know? been the case for me. I've, I realized that earlier on where if I have a creative, and this is also relative to work, but and things that help me stay less stressed about making progress on certain creative projects. So rest in the sense of taking days off, completely agreed. Even 
more restful work or less overwhelming work, I suppose is a better way to say it, is I need large chunks of time. <laughs> Speaking of rest. Oh, big yeah. yawn. I love it. <laughs> um, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of rambling about it, but what's going on in your world? Do you want to share? Like, what's what's overwhelming you right now? I have a lot of responsibilities right now in a lot of different areas, both in my uh, professional life of where I choose to, how I choose to engage in my workplace, as well as what I'm choosing in my um, secondary or um, they're not even secondary. And it's, it's parallel paths, right? The other areas, this project is one that takes a good amount of time every week. Uh, I have musical endeavors that are very important to me. And when they, what I've seen happening is that they're getting pushed to the side. I'm mm -hmm. not getting the time to work on the things that I'm really passionate about because I'm reprioritizing and putting other things higher on the priority list and letting them take up my time. And one of the things that's really affecting that entirety is my physical and mental health require a lot of my time now it's much more time than it used to be mm -hmm. it used to be my mental health and my physical health at the time the way that I was dealing with them was incorporated into what I did for a living so when I jumped out of airplanes my mental health checkbox was getting a dose of adrenaline every day yeah which made me feel great until it wore off <laughs> right. So my mental health is like deal dealt with. I went jumping today. I did something <laughs> I love to do. Did I actually deal with any of my problems? No. I just <laughs> made them all go away for now. But I feel better right now. Right. <laughs> did I deal with any of my problems? No. No. <laughs> Big old coping mechanism. $25. Get me on an airplane. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> it's great. And my physical health would would get uh, managed in that sense too, where I, you know, as a younger person and being active and outdoors, then that was pretty much all I really needed to do. Uh, but as an older person, um, as I have to put, I really have to put hours every day towards how much activity I'm getting in order to be the version of me that I want to be as I go forward in my life. And that's not the same version that I wanted to be before. Yeah. I have a different goal now. So dividing my time up between doing the things I need to do to take care of myself mentally and physically it includes meditating and includes self-care, simple grooming, you mm -hmm. know, bathing, feeding myself, food prep, eating, uh, simple kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. And then getting out to exercise and stretching. Mm -hmm. that, that is hours every day. Yeah. And then now I got to take the rest of the day and divide it up between all the different projects I have on the go. The van that I live in needs constant attention. The motorcycles I like to ride constantly do need to be worked on if I want to keep them running. Mm -hmm. My parachutes and gliders need equipment and updating and you know, and then there's a list of projects on the go and all the new endeavors that I'm always wanting to start. I'm looking for property and I'm doing there's like a hundred different things on yeah. the go and I can't even keep track of them all. Yeah. And eventually what happens is 
I lose track of things and they start falling off the table or I forget. I'm like, oh, dang, I had a, my accountant asked me to do something for my taxes weeks ago. Right. And it's still in my inbox. And, you know, yeah, I presented the, um, you know, the discussion to a close friend recently. And I was like, man, I'm kind of too much to do, a bit overwhelmed. And they made the comment, you know, delete all. Like, you know, <laughs> highlight everything in the inbox and hit trash, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea, but it's not the way that I can actually effectively manage my life and feel good about who I am. Right, so right. what I find myself doing instead is, okay, let me take a minute. Let me close the computer. Let me clo- put away. First of all, what I usually do is tidy up. Yeah. Like close the computer, tidy up take a shower, get a bath, get some exercise, right? Do something that's more about focused on like right now in this moment, what's the most effective thing I could do? Mm-hmm. Get some exercise, get some rest, eat some food and tidy up and then make a list and make the list of like, okay, what are the top things that I feel like I have to get done or what are my important actions? And then say, okay, these are key then look at all the piles of stuff around me that I have and I start sorting them, go go through the getting things done approach. And to, you know, file and everything, either schedule everything, clear the schedule, schedule yeah. stuff, get the inbox empty, get the fires put out that are that are burning, that are demanding my attention, and then move down that list. And literally, right before starting this call, literally I looked up and it said eleven fifty eight and I was clicking boxes two minutes before this call is supposed to start and I'm clicking to the done boxes on my to-doist list and my to-doist and I had 10 items on my to-do list and, I'm, and I cl- erased eight of them and I'm like dang I actually I'm so busy doing stuff that I don't even know I'm doing stuff you know like I did eight of them this morning yeah yeah and I thought I wasn't getting anything done and I only have two left and I, they're not even they can roll over. They're not even that important. I should just, I, now what I need to do is just reschedule them so they're not sitting on my list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I feel like the waves of overwhelm really show us our habits and our patterns. Like you mentioned, I close the computer and I tidy up. <laughs> like one of my classic things is and I take a lot of handwritten notes. Like I don't type into my to-do list automatically. Like on a call, I'm using a pen and I'm I'm doodling, like I'm doing my my I'm focused on the call. The the need for my attention is is there. And anyway, I will inevitably end up with my desk being completely full of notes (laughs) like all this paper everywhere it looks like a beautiful mind I'm totally Russell Crowe I've got things stuck all over I've got notes everywhere Matilda's laying on the papers that I've chucked over my shoulder like it totally becomes this comical space of just my thoughts and so part of my de-overwhelming procedure <laughs> is collecting those notes and populating them into my system. So putting them into my digital electronic system and 
scheduling them, basically making sure that I'm not going to lose them because that contributes to overwhelm also is like, oh my God, I fucking wrote something down and I can't forget this. I got to email this person after our demo and send them the pictures. And it's a, it's a big, important potential connection. And, and I have to like those things that I don't want to forget, but even stuff like that isn't super high priority. I don't want to forget that stuff either. You know what I mean? So if I leave my stack of papers too long, I get start to get overwhelmed because I know that things could be falling through the cracks here. Theoretically, I should be processing those papers every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I'm that's sh- something I'm looking at for myself to transform is what I'm where I'm going with that so that I don't end up in these cycles of overwhelm being like, shit, I have so many papers everywhere. So is that process working for you like the, the writing everything down on paper and then having to sort it and organize it into another system that extra step is that no yeah well that's why i'm bringing it up is it something i'm looking at the yeah. one thing that i don't like is i don't like being so only digital like i feel like my brain mm. needs analog things in order to be optimally whether or not I can start to take notes during calls inside of my to-do app, that's totally something I could experiment with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's not working for me. Yes, it's working for me in the sense that I don't totally lose everything, but it's definitely something that I let go too far. I see. So I um, I've recently started using an app that I found in my research called Todoist. Mm-hmm. And I'm attracted to this app because of its simplicity, because it's very, very bare bones. There's really not much to it. And because of that, I can use it efficiently and I don't bog it down with all the details. It has the depth of detail available, but the primary function is really, really simple. So I have a projects list mm-hmm. and um, Trust the Journey is one of those projects. Nice. Go and team. Flight One is one of those projects. Flying is one of those projects. Personal finances is a project. Nice. Um, my van maintenance is a project, right? So I'm dividing up all the key areas in my life that need my attention at different times Mm -hmm. and then and then i have friends on here friends is a project right so and and physical activity anytime there's something that i need to put attention towards and every time a new thing comes up you're like okay oh yeah i'm on a call with somebody and i have to deliver the document after the call you know simple as that just making a note deliver the document to so and so after the call and if I'm in right. a trust the journey call, I, I mean, I click the plus button and I, and I just quickly write down, deliver document to whoever. And then it gives me the option for time, date, place, mm-hmm. and I can make any links or connect things if I want to connect to them. And it's really working well for me because it keeps this kind of uh, foreground inbox of mm-hmm. like, if you don't categorize it into a project right away, if you just make a quick note, like yep. deliver document and I don't say to who or to when or what document, it just sits in the inbox. Mm-hmm. But then I, so I quickly scan the inbox and I go, oh, I say deliver document. I say deliver document to Mel tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The document is 
uh, about the video edits, right. you know? And then that put that in the project, trust the journey. And because I click tomorrow, it disappears. Yeah, exactly. And I don't see it anymore yes. because it's scheduled for tomorrow. Yes. And then tomorrow when it, so now I feel a lot less stress. Correct. Because I know that I've done what I need to do, which is taken responsibility for my areas of action. Uh, because I said I would deliver that document and mm -hmm. so I'm going to, but I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to do it later. But as long as I have to keep remembering it and it's spinning around in my mind, it just piles on as a stress item that I'm having to try to remember. And, and if I do put it into that trusted system, then it does unload my my overwhelm and it helps me to take that piece. It's not on my shoulders. It's not on my head. I can say that is scheduled for tomorrow and tomorrow that system is going to do two things is it's going to send me an email in the morning with my entire list of things for the day and it's going to ping me half an hour before the time that I've scheduled to do it mm. so that it gives me a notification that says hey deliver document in 30 minutes so I'm like oh cool yeah good and then I know that that's the time I've planned to get that done in and it's working pretty well that's great I have to say it, it's pretty good um, I have a lot of other systems that do very similar things that are much more complex. My Google Calendar, uh, my um, Monday.com app. Um, what's the other ones? Um, Asana. Asana and Slack. Mm -hmm. All the same kind of function. But there's a lot more complexity in them. And this one is really basic and really simple. And the simple is working. Great. So, yeah. I love it. We talked a lot about this last episode when we were talking about the books and getting things done. And yeah. it's amazing how the this really is a huge part of what lifts overwhelm for those people who have lots of tasks, are entrepreneurial, are have creative projects that are on deadline and timeline and with project partners. That's what this is like. The, overwhelm helps people like us who have mm -hmm. those types of overwhelming situations. So for someone who doesn't necessarily have a big, massive to-do list, it might look differently. They might be like, I don't need to, you know, they might feel differently about their tasks and be like, you know, writing stuff down really does work for me because they don't have as many things on their list. Not that that's right or wrong or good or bad. It's just life and lifestyles are different. I've just noticed that what you describe, I need it. Otherwise, I will be consistently overwhelmed because I like to do a lot of things. Just like you yeah. described all those projects, it's about we like to do a lot of things. And when we get cool, amazing opportunities that come our way, we want to say yes to them. And we want to figure out how we can actually make those work amidst the other competing priorities. And when to say no, I can't. Correct. I got to be able to know to say that if I already know that my week is full, I have to have that visibility and that awareness to say no. Mm -hmm. I had somebody call me yesterday. Can we talk today? And I'm like, no, 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 I can't talk today. Yeah. I have other things I've promised to be done today. Yeah. Uh, and having those boundaries and being diligent about them, it's really important. That is definitely I, an overwhelmed diffuser boundaries. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I want to pivot us a little bit yeah. because this has been very, uh, in the first 20 minutes or so, we've been focused around like workload mm -hmm, overwhelm mm -hmm. and like the things, the to-do list or, you know, oh, everything I said I was going to do. But let's talk about emotional overwhelm mm -hmm. because what I'm experiencing in my life is the more that I have put my attention towards self-awareness, 
the more that I realize I have a lot of things that I haven't been taking care of for a long time. And they have constantly been seeping up through the floorboards, kind of eating away at my foundation, um, derailing my processes. Like I'll be doing great on something and all of a sudden I just totally lose my focus or I lose my motivation and I get emotional or I get depressed and I get angry and I get all this emotions and it could be from anything that's like a you know a, a trauma that I experienced at some time or some patterned behavior or maybe I experience maybe I'm grieving maybe mm-hmm. I've lost something maybe I'm changing mm-hmm. maybe I'm going through a period in life and I just wanted to kind of give ourselves a minute to talk about all the other forms of overwhelm that exist yeah I'm glad that you brought this up because it's very real, certainly for anyone who is growth-minded, healing-focused, it's inevitable. I mean, if we even just look at grieving, grieving requires more time and energetic and emotional space than if we are not grieving, period. If we are growing in self-awareness, healing the the parts of us and integrating the new things into our world, it requires time and energy. And it just, it takes something to do that. You know what I mean? I was just this, this thinking of something and I was like, my thought, my, my thought left my brain. What was it? If you have something, it'll come back. If it's good, it'll come back. I'm like, what yeah. was that? Yeah. So what's been happening for me is I've got these patterns and I'm starting to track them. I'm starting to be able to figure them out where like, I literally looked back a couple days ago and I was like, man, I'm crushing it this week. Like I had this week scheduled out, which is just hammered full of stuff and I have a ton of things to do and a lot of people to work with, you know, dozens of different people that are waiting for my time and attention and action items to follow through on. And I crushing it down this list and then there's the one day I wake up and I get out of bed and I'm just like Ugh. oh my god I just can't and I don't want to and <laughs> and I feel like crap yeah. you know and I completely lose that that inertia that I've been carrying and it's not like I completed the tasks that I needed to do or like it's not like something happened that really um you know, I didn't, maybe, actually, I should more, should be more considerate to myself. I did have something happen. I had a horrible experience recently. No. Is everything Yeah, okay? I hit a dog. <gasps> oh, no. I hit a dog. It was terrible. It was oh, horrible. Of course it was horrible. Yeah, and it was a completely unavoidable situation where the dog came running out of the bushes yeah. right in front of the car, like, oh. and I just totally traumatized by that of course so now that i think about that i'm like oh wait a second there was something that happened that probably emotionally derailed me yeah um so yeah just i think what i the point of the share is that we're humans right Mm -hmm. and we are messy we're just messy Mm -hmm. there's nothing clean and tidy and organized about being human as much as my, I might try to like keep my life in well-oiled systems and keep my right. countertops clean and put everything away and everything's got a place, I'm a 
bag of meat and poo and <laughs> guts right. and bacteria and stuff, you know? And it's gross. It's gross. It's gross. I, and the, the feeling is gross, too, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it feels amazing. Other times it's like, Bleh. I know. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I remembered what I was going to say is that I think it's really important that when we are in an emotional time, that we lower our expectations on what we are capable of doing. As in, and I don't say this as a as a cop out to laziness. I say this, this is more for the like type A person who is go, 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 the super engaged person, the person who is never at risk of being lazy. They're more at risk of completely exhausting themselves and then hiding in a sort of emotional hole away from the world because they crashed. And by the way, that is me speaking from experience. Hello. So like I can't I can't describe that very with detail without, you know, like obviously I've lived that is my point. And one thing I've learned is it was very hard for me to lower my expectations of myself of of like accepting that humanity of being like girl you just can't do as much as you want to do right now and and that's okay also something this is something that i noticed in myself over the years is that i'm i was always very afraid of letting people down letting people down Go, you know, not being able to follow through, losing integrity or losing people's just respect if I couldn't do a crazy, intense job. You know what I mean? That was that that real overachiever period of my life where it really deeply exhausted me, deeply exhausted me. And I was consistently overwhelmed during those times in my life. Not that I was never radiantly on fire and in love with my life. That always happened too. But it was always this like, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Oh my God, going way, way, way too intense. And then I would crash and have to recover for a number of whatever days. And it would be, I wouldn't be able to really do anything. And that's not great because that's not very predictable. So I can't really keep integrity with that type of approach to my life. So it was like totally a raw, like ugh, resistant process for me to really start to fucking own and believe and integrate an action in my own life, the whole self-care thing of like, I it needs to be consistent so that my performance, quote unquote, is sustainable. Now, is that 100%? Fuck no, because sometimes you have a traumatic experience and you hit a, a dog and it's so ho horrible. Sometimes bad things happen that we wouldn't be able to predict. And so like life, as much as I'm like maybe perfect at my self-care, it still doesn't mean that I'm not going to have times of emotional overwhelm that I still struggle through. It almost feels like a daily routine sometimes. For me, yeah, now it is. Where, you know, you're like, okay, and I constantly joke about this with Julie. We're like, okay, today we're going to get everything done the whole, <laughs> before noon. 
the <laughs> life nice. life list, right? <laughs> like, like everything, I'm gonna get my life done now. Like the, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. I'll see you maybe 1230. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's just so ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And mm. sometimes you just need, just need a break. So but I have been know. more, I have been successful just to share about this. It, I'm definitely more successful caring about myself more, letting myself sleep as much as I need. Those things really have made my performance, quote unquote, much more sustainable than what I used to do. The like super intensity and then the crashing. That just really doesn't work in my experience. Um Oh gosh, I just lost what I was gonna say too. It's, yeah. That's that's this that's is the sign brain. Of, that's, that's the brain. The sign of overwhelm, right? Exactly. Like just too many things on the go at once. Um Yeah. Just it'll if it's good, it'll come back. That's yeah. what I always say. You and Julie were solving everything before 1230. That was happening. Yeah. And then uh, the sustainability of self-care. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I can remember what I was going to say. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so everybody who listens to this regularly knows that I broke my back a little while ago. And that is a physical limitation that puts a straight up limit on how much you can do of the most basic things, mm -hmm. right? Like how many times can I get up to walk to the bathroom? How many times can I, you know, move around? Like what's my limit of physical energy output in the day? Mm -hmm. And it's also men mental energy. Like your mental energy output has a very short cap. Like I could get on a call and I could be productive for an hour, but after an hour I would just lose it. And yeah. I just couldn't continue putting out effective communication you yeah, know i couldn't power. think i couldn't think anymore and i would have to rest so i have had a lot of experience recently with having to accept my limitations and mm -hmm. so as you were saying like when you're going through a period where we have a high load on us whatever that load is whether it's emotional whether it's physical uh or whether it's a tangible thing like a workload or family or or you know anything we have to actually do in our lives those all pan out equally right mm -hmm. like they all take away some of our ability to to be to deliver on the things we want to deliver in our lives and that you know required rest and lowering our expectations of what we think we can do I've had, you know, that personal example recently and I'm trying to get it back up to where I kind of, you know, what's normal or what I'm used to or what kind of what I expect it to be. But I'm also starting to think I'm like, maybe some things are never going to go back to what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's best that they never go back to what I'm used to. Right. And last night I watched this documentary and it really gave me some beautiful perspective it's an excellent documentary it's called dirtbag and it's available on amazon prime and it's a story of a mountaineer whose name is fred beckley mm -hmm. and he is a renowned for being probably the premier mountaineer of the last century uh for first ascents he okay. he climbed the most 
mountains that had never been climbed before and will there will never be on this planet somebody who climbs more first ascents than him because they're mostly all climbed now wow so and he's just this incredible person and in the documentary he's 84 to 86 years old mm -hmm. for majority of the documentary they show a lot of him in his younger life and they show him towards the very end of his life where i think he was 96 when he died I mean 94 or 96 in his mid 90s wow and he climbed right up to the end of his life wow so in his mid 80s when he's finishing off one of his many books He's trying to climb the last four peaks in the book that he's written about first ascents and the routes. And because he's never done these peaks, he he wants to do them before he finishes, uh, releases the book. The book's written, but wants to get these last four. But he's 86, and he's not able, physically able, to complete the climbs anymore and he tries them year after year after year like 81 82 83 wow. 84 he's there trying to make these ascents but he just can't do it anymore he mm -hmm. just doesn't have the body that's capable of achieving that mm -hmm. but the mind hasn't accepted that concept that there's a limitation mm -hmm. that's different than what it was previously. Mm -hmm. And you can see that that doesn't click. Like it, it's obvious to the people that are with him. Like he's like, no, we're going to climb, I'm going to climb. I'm going to do this. I'm going to climb. I'm going to climb. And I'm going back up. I'm going back up. And you're like, you're older this year than you were last year. And last year you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually there's an acceptance that it's not going to happen anymore, but it's only because it's just physically not happening. Got it. But it, it's a huge lesson to me. Like when I saw this um, highly focused, high achiever, mm -hmm. like a super high achiever, right? Somebody who just powers towards every objective that they set for themselves. And in some ways failing to acknowledge the limitations is a strength. And in some ways it's a weakness. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. That the weakness is we're continuing to push ourselves and beat ourselves up for not being able to do something that we just can't do. So maybe at some point, if we accept the fact that we just can't do that anymore and put our focus on something else that we can do that's just as rewarding or just mm -hmm. as valuable in the life that we still have, we could utilize that time more effectively get more value from our time rather than continuing to repeat the task over and over again and i'm gonna close this statement yeah. with my own personal relationship to it in my swooping career of doing the same thing over and over and over again and my physical body just taking a beating because of it and why why am i doing that why am i continuing to try to prove something to myself that I already proved to myself that I could do numerous times in the past, why not turn my attention in my life towards something that could be of a greater value than repeating the same thing over and over again that I've already done? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's an interesting conversation because you can take it both ways. You can totally look at it as the person who really wants to dedicate their life to one singular thing and all of that. And there's tons of value in that for those that choose that. And 
for those that that's not for it's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I see that in my life too, in the sense that I have parallel careers. You know what I mean? Skydiving was not my singular focus of my whole life. I decided to learn how to become a life coach and I decided to be a writer and I decided to have other creative avenues and other just let places where I put my life energy. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I luckily can, and I say luckily, but like only because I have so many amazing opportunities still through skydiving. I, I dedicated enough of my life that I still am lucky enough to get these beautiful opportunities to continue skydiving in the ways that I'm called. While it hasn't been my entire life, I'm, I'm really grateful that it hasn't because I've had so much, just, it's been such, it's been so wonderful to me to have my life coaching career and all of the beautiful people I've been able to work with. like, And that's something, if I think about overwhelm and I go to this conversation we're talking about today and diffusing the emotional overwhelm, I I definitely go back to the why, you know? So yeah, dialing in David Allen, the trusted systems. And when I go deep around stuff, it helps diffuse it as well. It helps me to go to connect to why, like if obviously you still need to get rest and make sure you're not going to just crash and burn. But when you're handled in that regard, I feel like connecting back to your why always delivers some uptick in energy. You know what I mean? If you have a heart-centered why, values-driven why. But there was something I wanted to share that's a different sort of track. I shared something earlier today on Instagram, actually on Facebook as well. Xavier Dagba is one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow. He has such incredible insights. They're just so on point on so many levels. But anyway, one of the things he shared today was this. One of the biggest distinctions I've seen in the most resilient people I have known. uh, Oh, sorry. One of the biggest distinctions I've seen in the most resilient people I know is that they stopped beating themselves up for what makes them human. And so that goes back to the conversation around expectations about what can we do comparatively to what our intense, overachieving, high-achieving, unconscious selves would have us demand, would demand that we do. Absolutely relate to that. You know, the more that we accept our limitations as who we are and what are where we currently are in our lives and we balance the amount of energy and time that we put towards each of the areas of importance the you know the more balance we feel the you know the less that overwhelm owns us and takes control of all of our thoughts and all of our time yeah sometimes i even think about it in terms of resilience in terms of building resilience when I'm overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, this is cha- this is challenging. Uh, this is hard. I'm over. I'm feeling overwhelmed, but it's another opportunity for me to practice doing what I think and know works. Practicing new things that I think might work to help me diffuse this, and I'm building that resilience muscle in myself to be able to move through emotionally challenging times. To move through 
just high workload, just whatever, whatever might be causing us the overwhelm, it's all a part of building our resilience, our inner resilience, which has us be that much more capable as we go forward. I think that's the, you know, whether we're talking about putting our to-do list items into a trusted system that we can rely upon, or whether we have a trusted system inside of ourselves that we can rely upon, that's the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? So the list of actions for how to deal with overwhelm in myself, you know, close the close the input streams turn off the phone close the computer tidy up so the decluttering communicating sharing making space for all the other things like exercise rest eating and creativity making making those priorities of equal value is this trusted system that's the trusted system that we're talking about mm-hmm. it's like whether it's your to-do list to say i'm going to get these things done this week or whether you say these are the things that i'm doing this week that are going to ensure that i'm in a healthy enough state as a whole being to be able to do the things that i've said i want to do this week yeah, yeah it's so true it really it really really is and that's the thing about cultivating the system, cultivating our own skills. It's just a worthwhile focus. You know what I mean? It's just a worthwhile thing to try to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? It sounds silly, but we don't really have a choice. We either do it poorly or Mm -hmm. we put attention towards it and we do it well. Correct. There's not really any other option. Yeah. You like you do it bad because you don't put any attention and you just stay in that spot where everything's on top of you Mm -hmm. or we put attention towards what's the system failure breakdown and we put attention towards the system and we figure out a way to be better at doing what we got to do what i would add to your list i echo everything that you said and you said this earlier i just want to highlight it again is what gets chosen off of the plate whether it's they you say no to something forever or whether something is pushed for pushed like something is this is not happening now right yeah. now doesn't include this thing right that is with it on my plate i'm totally overwhelmed but if i put it over here schedule it right for later or whatever say no to it for right now that helps also getting the what you can actually do in a certain space, both time and energetic, what can you actually reasonably manageably do that helps when it's too many things, our intuition takes over and and triggers and goes, this is you're heading toward failure. You're heading toward a cliff's edge. You're talking about the someday maybe list. Love, well, someday maybe is great. I love my, the someday maybe list. Because yeah. then you always capture ideas. Say, go yeah. f- share about it. I love it. So, uh, literally, this has happened just this last week for me. Is uh, Melanie and I have just started exploring having somebody else take over our editing process for Yay. us to help unload some of that overwhelm, and that's a big piece. I mean, understanding there's a book title in my read to read list right now in my Audible that is called "Who Not What." Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that I understand that the point of the book is, can I delegate this? 
can I hand off this responsibility to somebody else who mm-hmm. is more capable or more available? Not what do I need to get done, but who's going to get this done? Have I told you, know? you what my word is for 2021 yet? I might no. have, but... No. Hashtag word. Melanie. <laughs> my word for 2021 is outsource. Nice. Yeah. You know, like I've done a lot of different things where I'm focusing on my emotional healing, my health, my relationships, my self-care, all those things. I've done a lot of fo- of that self-focus. And now it's clear to me that I've done not, I mean, you're always working on that. But my point is, is that I've never really focused with deliberate high intention on trying to outsource which I'm excited. I'm super excited about. I rehired my assistant that I used to work with but about four years ago. She's doing some some of my blog posting for MelanieCurtis.com, like basically taking some evergreen posts from my Instagram and my Facebook, things that could be shared anytime and still have value for the recipient. So she's yeah. doing that because I'm just not not getting to it. I'm just not getting to it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm excited about about the possibilities of what that focus will do for me in terms of overwhelm and also just elevated results and elevated joy. Yeah, the um, the example that I just spoke about with um, offloading the editing responsibilities was exactly the reason why it spurred to my mind is because it was on the someday maybe list for me. It came up about maybe four or five months ago. And I was like, yeah, maybe someday late, someday maybe. And then it came up again a few weeks ago. And I said, you know what? Not right now, but in a few weeks. Love it. Because right now I just simply don't have time to initiate another project or process. But I know that in a couple of weeks when I'm done with these key deliverables that are this workload or all the things I got to do in my life, then I can have a meeting and we can talk about how to do it. And so for the last mm-hmm. uh, couple of week or two, we've been going through process and starting to you know, move, migrate that responsibility set over to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's that huge. That's a huge thing in, you know, when I look at my total available time in the day and I say, what's causing overwhelm is I have more things to be done in one day every day of my life you know and it's because of putting too many things in one day mm-hmm. right i've got to be realistic Correct. about and that's the expectations piece we're touching on earlier like what's the realistic expectation for what i can actually get done inside of one day mm-hmm. and that's all i have to do i don't have to get past one day it just has to be one day at a time and i can relate to this through my appalachian trail experience which is a massive undertaking. It's 6 million steps, right? There are 6 million steps in that process. Mm -hmm. And you know it's 6 million steps when you start it. Mm -hmm. And so do you think about all 6 million steps? No. Do you think about just the steps you're going to make today is really all that you have to do. And when that gets overwhelming, all you really have to do is think about what is the step that I need to make right now? Mm -hmm. And very often... I can say that there were dozens and dozens and dozens of times throughout that experience where emotionally we needed to recoil in and go, wait a second, what's important right now is just 
taking the next step that's in front of me. And that's going to lead to the one after that. And that's going to lead to the one after that and not getting too far ahead of myself, not living in the future with yeah. all the things that I, the, the rest of the 5 million steps I haven't taken yet. Cause as soon as I latch onto the idea of those 5 million undone steps, I am overwhelmed again because mm -hmm. that is a shitload of a thing to do. Like to try and do 5 million steps is in, in one thought in my mind is just too much. Way too so much. I got to back it down and say, all right, I really want to get to here today, but if that feels like a lot, how about just the next one? How about just this one right now? You know, I'm totally pulling up something I want to share with you. And so I'll, while you're doing that, the something else that is a great relative reference if you're not on a journey on your feet walking somewhere the next step you could replace that with take your next breath mm -hmm. just consciously shift yeah. mindfulness to like mm -hmm. one just take the next breath in let the next breath out and all of a sudden we're back to right here yeah. right now in this moment mm -hmm. and just present to everything that could, what can be accomplished right now is what ha actually what has to be accomplished right now is i have to take this breath if i don't take this breath then i'm starting to stress because i'm not getting the oxygen i need my brain you know i have to take this breath yeah i love it And that forces the pause, right? Yeah. And awareness of now. Mm -hmm. And those only ever happen one at a time. I can't take my next breath after the one that I need now. I can only take the one I need now, now. Mm -hmm. It's a great, it's so great. The breath is just the bomb diggity. The reason you, well, the reason I thought I wanted to share this is, I'm sure I've shared it, but this is probably a long time ago. But this is the affirmation series that I came up with in. 2011, so 10 years ago that I've been using this affirmation series as it relates to overwhelm. And it needed to be a series because no single, no one of these statements alone worked to help to diffuse it for me. And this is me back then only working with mindset having not too much access to other skills to manage myself and my emotional states, right? It was mostly cognitive for me at that point. It was mostly what am I thinking and saying to myself? So what I came up with is this. Number one, overwhelm is an illusion. Two, I always have time for what's really important. Three, I am grateful for this period in my life. For I am grateful for this moment. So just recognizing overwhelm is an illusion. It's a fear. It's not real. It's not happening. Nothing's happening. Literally nothing is happening. I'm fine. I'm alive. Shit's good. Whatever. Two, I always have time for what's really important. For me back then, it was very connected to I don't have time to get everything done, right? And I, when I go to that statement, it's like, I always have time for what's really important. If I need to go and go to the hospital, I will be able to go. You know what I mean? If I need to take somebody to where they need to, like, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. If I need to see my family, I, I can see them. I always have time for what's really important. And then I'm grateful for this period in my life 
meaning this period of my life is temporary. Like it might feel like it's going to be forever that I'm totally overwhelmed and loaded up with tasks, but really it's, I'm working on projects that won't be around forever. I'm doing things that won't last forever. So recognizing that it's a phase, a period helped me feel less overwhelmed also. And then as you of course pointed to, I am grateful for this moment really grounding me in the now, like bringing me all the way back to present. But if I just try to go, I am grateful for this moment, I might be able to use it now that I have much more experience with this type of shifting in myself. But back then, there's no way that if I said, oh, I'm grateful, I'm super overwhelmed. And I just said to myself, I'm grateful for this moment. It would not help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. You got me thinking about something that is quite important to me and it's been, um, it it is, it applies into this whole concept of self-awareness and awareness of the present moment, awareness of what really matters, gratitude, that anchoring into self, the breath, you know, the people that we have in our lives, the fact that the sun exists and that there's water on earth and, you know, the joy that is called existence. Right. And, um, many of you know that I love to attend Burning Man and there is an installation at the burn that maybe people don't realize is incredibly sacred and spiritual and everything about Burning Man is temporary it is a it appears and it disappears everything is set up in the matter like the you know the infrastructure is set up over a, a six weeks or eight week period and then the main, most of the city is built in a week and then at the end of the week, the majority of it's gone. And a month or two later, absolutely everything is gone. And it's completely gone. No, not a single sign exists. Mm-hmm. And the installation that I'm referring to is the temple. And the temple sits at the top center of the whole city. It is the focal point of the city um, to the to the top of how it is arranged. And the beautiful thing about that temple if you're a spiritual person if you're a religious person and you understand the value of sacred spaces is that sacred spaces help us to anchor ourselves and they help us to to get present in this moment and what i particularly love about that temple in particular is first of all it's never the same temple twice it is always a new temple when you go because the last one doesn't exist anymore we burn it and it's gone and i love the idea that the word temple and temporary or temporal mm-hmm. temporal and temporary all interchange and that this space this highly spiritual highly connected very present moment space is so fleeting mm-hmm. that it is so temporary mm-hmm. and that i've walked into that temple and i've cried in that temple many many times i've had i've left um one of the um one of the traditions is to leave something of importance to you in the temple, whether it's a picture of somebody who you've lost uh, that you want to grieve and let go, or whether it's something that resembles something in your own life. And the only time that I ever put anything in the temple myself left something there was I was standing there and I was having this big long think about what is it that I want to be free of? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to 
release my attachment to. Mm -hmm. And I looked over to somebody next to me who just finished writing something and I asked to borrow their marker, their Sharpie. And I wrote on the side of the temple, I wrote myself. Mm. And I want to be free from myself. I want to be free from this idea of who I think I am. Yeah. Right. This concept of self. And I cried and tears streaked down my face while I wrote this on the side of the temple. And then at that end of the week, when we all sit around that temple and they light a match to it, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 people sit silently and watch everything about that concept of, you know, what we think is important, just go up in smoke. Mm. And that, that honoring of ourselves and what we attach value to and honoring that it is all temporary and none of it truly exists that this life is going to start and is going to end and we have no control of either of those things we do not choose into it we do not choose out of it and in the meantime we're just here doing whatever we can and it's all temporary nothing is permanent and accepting that and letting that be something that we are comfortable letting go of Mm -hmm. not trying to control there's peace in that that is letting go of the overwhelm I think that's the perfect place to end today thank you for that that was beautiful thank you everybody who's listening we love you so much thank you for being here and being with us in our overwhelm we hope our sharing about ours has helped you if you um, find value in our show please share it with anybody that you feel would also gain some value from uh, listening to us and please subscribe and share it's all about word of mouth get us out there and we would really appreciate your support on patreon if you'd love to join the the trust the journey family it would really help us as we would really love to offload the editing task and cover the cost of that comes from your donations it's a hundred percent no profit in this we're looking at covering our costs and we love you and thank you very much enjoy your day